A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the World Cup on Caught Offside. Rivaldo! Oh, it's come on, come hosts Andrew and JJ oh yes caught offside from just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn New York Andrew Gunling JJ Devaney buddy it's getting real oh yeah and and what about that intro Mm. does that not get you as the kids say hype it's all getting very very real. I was just like earlier today, I was as the the special was going on on ESPN2 where they're unveiling the names and you're seeing all the hype on Twitter and just like Twitter's going wild and I'm getting text messages from people and it's just like, oh my God, like here we are, like eight years, eight years we have waited for this. And I just think now like, so the the squad is out there and we're here tonight on a special edition of caught offside to break it all down and analyze it. And it's just like, I think JJ of all the, the pods we've done over the last oh. four years. Oh my of God. Like the building, lives we've led, but like not even building to the world cup itself, building to tonight, no. just to this moment of like, who, like the debates we've had over who's going to be on this squad, who should be, who shouldn't be, you know, why would they include this guy and not that guy? Like it's been endless debate. And now like, that's it. Like the questions are answered. Like here it is. This is the group that's going. Was there a part of you? There certainly was a part of me that felt, okay, we're going to have qualms. We're going to have issues, questions, analysis of this squad, but I'm just glad it's picked now. Cause I want to get this ball rolling. It's been such a wait since that night that shall not be spoken of in 2017. I I love that we always say that, and yet we speak of it probably more than any two people on earth. But yeah, continue. 
but but I remember trying to to g you up and say, you know, it, the World Cup will be round. Twenty twenty two will be round so quickly, we won't even notice this. I was trying to lift you from the depths of your despair, from the chasm of awfulness that you'd slipped into with no way out, no rope, no kind of climbing apparatus. You were just there in the depths. Mm -hmm. And I think of the intervening years where we watched some pretty, oh, awful soccer. And, and, And because of our commitment to the podcast, I would go up to the studio. I would join you in studio for like these late games, these 10 o'clock games. And yeah, we were trying to extrapolate meaning from them, but because we, we weren't at the world cup, they meant nothing. You know, it was, everything just seemed so far away on the horizon. And now the blessed land is in front of us. Okay. It's maybe not so blessed. Maybe it's tarnished a little bit, but a land is in front of us and we're going to alight and we're back in the soccer big time. And it just feels, it feels right, Andrew. It feels right. No, it's it's right on time. We've been waiting for this, like you said, for a long time. And it is it is upon us. The squad is out. The 26 names have been revealed. And we're going to take you through it. Um, I mean, we, we've got a great mailbag as well before we get out tonight uh, where people have just, I mean, everyone, it's not just us. Like you can tell that just U.S. soccer, Twitter, U.S. soccer fan base, like everybody is just so painfully ready for this. Um, and I can't wait to talk about it. Obviously, before we even get into the meat and bones of this podcast, as we always do, we remind you to please subscribe, tell your friends. I can't even stress how important it is. I know with this tournament coming up that all of you listening right now, you have friends out there that aren't really like the biggest soccer fans, but they like it enough that they want to be a part of it. They want to be into the world cup. They want to know what they're talking about. Tell them, Hey, I've got this podcast that I listen to. And these guys are great. They're just, they're just the best. They're just wonderful people. And you're going to want to listen to everything that they have to say during the course of this tournament. They're going to help. Well, not everything. It. Most of it. Yeah. Uh, fair. But anyway, you know what I mean? Tell them, tell them that caught offside is here for them. Uh, so please, like we said, tell your friends, subscribe, rate, review, all those things. Check out the YouTube page. JJ has been very busy, and I can tell you this, everybody. Here's my my solemn promise to all of you. So last night, I mean, what time was it, JJ? I sent you the email at a pro- almost almost one in the morning. It was the wee hours, uh, and I was kind of going through and creating what our recording schedule should be during this tournament. And here's yeah. what I'll tell you people. I'm not going to give you chapter and verse day by day of what it's going to be. All I'll say is this, update those feeds, update those feeds regularly, because there's going to be a lot of content coming your way, both podcast and YouTube. It's going to be fun. We are, we are ready for this tournament. We are locked and loaded. It's going to be, it's going to be a blast. Shall we get into it? Well, before we get into it, one last thing, just on that, locked into it today, as if I couldn't be hype enough, I spoke to Greg Bearhalter in the morning more of which in, in, in a little second. And then I, I come back to my apartment slash studio and I talk to South American football expert Tim Vickery mm. in a really concise 18 minutes that you'll find on YouTube. It's dropping this Friday morning and we talk about Brazil. The confidence this team has. Neymar, how is he going to be? Uh, the new system they're playing and their potential flaws. And one big mistake Tim was talking about that he feels Chiche has made that may ruin all of this. Mm. But I got so hyped for the World Cup. 
Tim Vickery basically says this team is going to be so much fun. So Brazil podcast on the Caught Offside YouTube channel. The link will be in the description this time, Andrew, right? The oh link will God. be you're, there. So that's how you're going to be. I forget one time. And by the way, I, I went back and retroactively put it back in the description. Okay, good. So go subscribe to the YouTube. Turn the notifications on. Uh, more JJ content for you on Friday morning talking Brazil. And I'll be wearing a festive jersey. Get over it. You got some nerve reprimanding me in public like that. It's not enough that you sent me a, a text message last night like you were my, my teacher scolding me. Now you got to come on the pod and do it too? You, really... you got to have a smack. I got to spank that bottom sometime. Yeah, you'd like that, wouldn't you? I'll tell you what, let's get into it. So yeah, you met, just like seeing your, your video of you talking to Triple G, it's, it could almost be described as like a dream that I had. Like, yeah, so I was... <laughs> Yeah, I had the weirdest dream last night. I, I was on top of the Empire State Building talking to Greg Bearhalter. Like it just it sets up like a dream. But no, no, this was this was your reality earlier today. Yeah, I was I, I think by the end of our brief interaction, because there was no point grilling him, you know, what have you, you know, is, is Stefan in, is Stefan out, the rumors last night. No point, because he's a master at just batting those questions away and, and talking about like just the most vague banalities. He he can talk around a question very, 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 very easily. And so when he's got a few hours to go then and announce the squad, he's not telling me anything. So I just kind of tried to probe a bit, ask him about the difficult conversations, the phone calls that he would have made to those that weren't going and to those that were going. And, um, and I asked him, would there be any shocks or surprises? And he, he kind of, his answer suggested there would be. Well, it depends on how you perceive it, how we in the media perceive a shock or a surprise. And boy, was there some shocks and surprises. Man, there really was. And, you know, to hear him say about, you know, the, the conversations that he had to make over the phone. I mean, I don't know about him. I can only think of myself. I think that the the difficult conversations of telling guys who thought they were going to be on this team that, no, you're not going. To me, those are those are way harder than like the joy that I would get from telling guys that they did make it. You know, does that make sense? Like that would be total sense. Total sense. Yeah. I mean, AT&T did a segment tonight on ESPN. um, Well, it's sponsored by AT&T where he FaceTimes the players and uh, Greg is recorded telling them. Now I'm sure, well, I can't be sure that this wasn't maybe slightly set up a little bit. Maybe it was staged, but I'm going to take it on face value. And, you know, he's telling Sean Johnson, he's telling uh, Jordan Morris, etc. And you can just imagine the opposite of that. So they have joy, they have relief, they have gratitude. Imagine the opposite. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, That's that had to be a tough scene with certain players in particular. Um, Let's go through it now. I'm not necessarily going through this position by position. I feel like that can get just kind of repetitive. So I've got a series of questions for you. As we are as we are known to do, JJ, I've come up with a number of questions that I have around this squad. Um, and I guess we'll start sort of with the conversation we're having right now about the difficult conversations versus the fun conversations. And I'll, and I'll ask you on the positive side of that, getting the phone call that they're on the team, who do you think are the guys breathing the biggest sigh of relief? that they made the cut? I, I think starting out, you'd have to say Sean Johnson. Let's start with the goalkeepers. I mean, there's, 
whatever way you analyze the form or the places that the three European goalkeepers are playing at Horvath, Turner and Stefan at this moment in time, apart from Turner, you know, Horvath and Stefan are both playing regularly in the championship in England. And Sean Johnson is the NYCFC goalkeeper. And I, I don't want to downplay that fact, but I, I think that's a huge thing for him to get in ahead of a starting English goalkeeper and one who was the number one or was vying for the number one up until very recently. I mean, still was vying for number one. I think that's a, a huge thing for Sean Johnson to get in. And I'm pretty sure if you asked him last week, did he think he was going? I, I, I think he would have said, I don't think I'll be there. I really do believe that. Yeah, I mean, um, it's hard to say between him and, and Horvath how that would have gone. I, 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 he I almost could have flipped a coin between the two of them. Well, no, because Horvath Horvath has come in and he's played for the U.S. Um, not, like Sean Johnson I mean, really not very hasn't. much. Uh, he was he was involved in a in the. I mean, I'm rewinding back now. The Nations, the Nations League. He, he came on and he saved the penalty. Yeah, yeah. But he since was front then, and, I mean, not front very and much. center. But Sean Johnson's never had that moment for the U.S. Andrew. Never. And you've got to think that things like that count for but something. Sean, but Sean Johnson was with them recently. Right, but I, it, it really does. I really fancied uh, that the two championship goalkeepers would be traveling. Um, plus Turner, I did not see Johnson getting in, and so I, I, I think, I think definitely a sigh of relief. And then when I go further on, I mean, Shaq Moore, mm-hmm. uh, big sigh of relief, I guess because of his exile, Tim Ream. Probably surprised, maybe. I don't oh, know. We'll talk about that one. Yeah, we'll get to that one. Um, yeah, Christian, Christian Roldan has to be, you know, because he's been carrying that injury. And while we know he is fond, uh, he's close to the bosom of Greg. He's, he's a, he's a bearhalter guy. You know, I, I still didn't, I, I couldn't have been sure that he was going to make the squad. In fact, I didn't think he would, but he did. Um, and then like, I'm sure it was pure surprise for Haji Wright and Jordan Morris, considering the fate that befell his uh, teammate or his his colleague rather, um, Paul Ariola. I think Jordan Morris would be breathing a sigh of relief. And if that phone call in that AT and T advert was correct, that's certainly the feeling I got from from that that there was a lot of relief and a lot of gratitude. Yeah, Morris is a I mean that one was pretty surprising to me. And so let's go to the other side of this one, JJ, with all the the good feelings of of and the size of relief that were breathed by these certain players. There were players who I'm sure were irate in in getting the call that delivered the opposite news. And I want to start with Paul Ariola because I really this one this one really surprised me. Um it felt like I don't know, it felt like he was a bear halter guy. It felt like he was yeah. somebody that was pretty entrenched in the makeup of this squad. And I think he was really caught off guard by this. He posted um, on Instagram earlier tonight. uh, He said, the past few days have been extremely difficult. Some of the hardest I've had in a while. I'm heartbroken not to be included on the final World Cup roster. This year, my goal was to put myself in the best position possible to get to this point. And I believe I did. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. Being around the national team for years, you learn that it is such a privilege to represent your country. And I know I have never taken it for granted. 
The one thing I know for sure is that I'll be rooting for my teammates when they play, and I hope our country comes together to support this amazing group. Thank you to all who have reached out to me and sent their support. Go USA. Like this, this guy must have been just crestfallen that, yeah, that he yeah, was not oh, a part definitely. of this team. I mean, he, I don't know. I'm, I mean, look, ultimately, if we're talking about the actual, like what this actually means for the team, um, look, you know me, you know that I, I was somebody who liked Paul, Are, uh, Paul Ariola. I viewed him as sort of just like, you know, human chaos. Like sometimes it's a good thing to introduce a guy like that to the equation who can shake things up. He was all energy. You know, I think he's a good player. Um, and I like his story too. You know, he had a, a catastrophic injury that he came back from, as is the case with other guys on this team that we talk about as well. There's, there's a lot of good comeback stories to be told on this team. Um, but I don't know. I just, it always felt to me like he would be somebody who was on this team. I can't say that I'm, you know, I guess no one can be truly stunned by it. Uh, I can't be devastated by it. Nothing like that. I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, if it's Ariola, if it's Morris, we're probably talking about guys who weren't going to be seeing a ton of the field anyway, assuming that everybody, assuming that the players above them on the depth chart all remain healthy, which you never know. But if all goes according to plan, I don't know how much of Paul Areola we were going to see or how much of Jordan Morris we're now going to see. But I guess just from no. the just from the, the perspective of who's on this team, who who's ha- who has the chance to go over there and have this experience, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit surprised that he's not there. No, I, I agree with you. Look, they weren't going to see very much of the field, in my opinion. Um, but at the same time, it's just the fact you feel they were omnipresent under Greg. And that is the surprise that that face won't be around around the sidelines, around the camp, around the squad. Yeah. And then by the same token, I mean, you talk about Bearhalter guys, they were omnipresent. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned it a moment ago. <laughs> the Zach Steffen thing is really, it's that one is really shocking to me. Um, well, we spoke last night um, when Roger Gonzalez of CBS, who deserves the credit, tweeted that he his source said he's not going. Zach Steffen's not going to make the squad, and it made absolutely no sense to me. I said last night I'd be floored by it. I was floored by it. Um, I don't know how to unpack this one, Andrew. No, I mean it's almost to a point where you wonder: Did something happen? Was there some? breakdown here between the two i mean what was it was it the june camp that stefan left early for what was called a family issue i don't know yeah i mean i i gotta take that for what it's for at face value and assume that something did happen i I don't know it's just you're looking for explanations and again like like what i just said about paul Ariola a moment ago and him not making the team i've been saying for months now that matt turner is my number one so same deal if all goes according to plan the idea would be that Stefan never sees the field anyway. So I'm not I'm not going to sit here and act like this is an earth-shattering move uh, for this team and, and what this team is going to do at the World Cup. The, the hope is that it has no impact, that Turner was the, always the number one. Um, but just, I guess just out of like the human element, I'm just surprised by this. Uh, Bearhalter was on Football Americas, and he said about it, one of the hardest calls I had to make, part of it is his body of work over the last one and a half years and thinking that we needed more out of Zach. It's a shame. He has the potential to come back and play in a World Cup in his career. Um, now, so, that part, I, I agree with that part. That's I, what's interesting is, like, all this time, JJ, that we've been critical of Bearhalter. Oh, why is he sticking with Stefan? You know, uh, well, I've been critical. You've been much more in Stefan's camp. 
Sure, I, I suppose, although I've always said, I've said for a long time now, really since the Gold Cup, that Turner would be my number one. I just think he's yeah. better at the position. But you know, I understood why Stefan was there. I understood why they were both being given opportunities. But it's just funny because like all this time while we were saying, you know, why is Turner not the guy? If Turner's healthy, he, it should be him. Like all, during all that time, Bear, like, Bearhalter must have been seeing it too. He was still giving Stefan opportunities, which is understandable, I suppose. It's not like the gap between Turner and Stefan was maybe that great, although maybe now we're finding out that Bearhalter thinks it actually is. But it's just funny that, like, we don't know what we don't know. You know what I mean? Like, all that time that we're saying, like, oh, he's a Bearhalter guy. Well, it, meanwhile, in the background, Greg must have been saying, Zach's not it. And, like, he, he gave him chances to try to play, play his way back into it. Zach went on loan to Middlesbrough to try to get regular game action to try to play his way back into it. But it was it was obviously never going to be enough. And so it's funny that, like, we all thought, oh, Stefan, he's a bear halter guy. He'll probably be starting at the World Cup. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, it was like, uh, guys, he ain't coming. So, like, get ready to be yeah, surprised. But the, but, but the argument was whether who'd be number one for the Wales game at, at the start of the World Cup, not whether Stefan would be in the squad or not. Yeah. That to me was that's, that's what that I'm saying me- is we didn't even know how wrong we were. No, that to me was a total given. Um, and, and look, I, I think Stefan has been long been overrated. I think he struggled uh, from the fact that he, he spent so long at Manchester City without regular minutes. And, and uh, in that sense, I do feel for him a little bit. Um, and I'm not saying that Greg is making the wrong decision here. But I would, I would just maybe roll back and say, we've got a situation now, Andrew, where Matt Turner will most likely line out as the number one goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team against Wales in the opening game of the World Cup. And it will have been a month since he kicked a ball for his club side, Arsenal. He didn't play in the Carabao Cup last night. He was on the bench. Groin injuries, as we know, are tricky, especially for keepers who have to regularly ping that ball uh, a distance, and even if it's your standing leg groin or or the or the your striking leg groin, that is a that is a it's a tough one for goalkeepers. Affects mobility, all those things, side to side movement. So, um, it's 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 a big decision then. And then number two is you assume is Horvath, and then and three Johnson. So, yeah, um, they got to to Matt Turner in the end. I just never thought it would be the scenario that Stefan doesn't travel at all. Yeah. Stunning. And considering their relationship from club football, what well, I mean, we're talking about tough phone calls. Yeah. I, I believe Greg, when he said this was a hard one to do. Oh, I, I mean, I, that must, he must've like, as he hit send on that number, his finger was probably like trembling a little bit. <laughs> like that that's, I mean, look, it's part of the job. Like that, that was always going to, there were always going to be difficult phone calls to make, but, Boy, I imagine that one for a keeper to who have gone from from number one to outside of the equation altogether in that amount of time. I mean, he must have known Zach is not going to take this well when I when no. I tell him this news. And that was I'm sure that was a hard conversation. Um, you know, another one, too. A uh, little bit surprised. I, again, can't say that I'm totally blown away, but a little surprised that Ricardo Pepe's not going. Um, the aforementioned Roger Gonzalez. I'm CBS, very surprised. Roger Gonzalez at CBS, he tweeted, uh, Pepe Camp livid and shocked he isn't on the squad. They thought recent form was more than enough. Uh, so I guess rightly or wrongly, I, I kind of can't help, but I don't know. I kind of go to like, 
was it going to be Haji Wright or was it going to be Ricardo Pepe? Like the, I, I kind of look at those two. Uh, Grant Wall, he tweeted, Wright, Haji Wright, the second leading scorer in the Turkish league right now. Still surprised Bearhalter took him over Pepe. Um, I am too. Like if that is what it came down to. So, okay, you've got uh, Ricardo Pepe who slow start, nightmarish beginning at Augsburg, but now he's gone on loan to Groningen in the Dutch league. And while the team's not very good, his form of late has been pretty good. Then you compare that with Haji Wright, who in the Turkish league, he's second right now, like we just said, in scoring. Um, so if you're looking at it on current form, you could you can kind of look at it and say, okay, both guys are coming in in good form, Wright and and Pepe. And both guys are playing in leagues that are not the, the upper echelon of European soccer. I would say the, the Turkish league, the Dutch league, they're probably on maybe similar footing. I don't know if I'm being unfair to one more than the other, but I kind of view them mm-hmm. on similar footing. So then, okay, so if we have like both in good form, leagues are comparable. So then what's like the next tiebreaker after that? For me, it would kind of be who's had more time around this team. I mean, Ricardo Pepe played a, a fairly important role in qualifying. Haji Wright had one opportunity, and what did Bearhalter say about it afterwards? I mean, he was he was like openly disappointed with how it went. So, all that being what it is, I'm really surprised that I guess more surprised than I let on initially. I, I'm I've kind of talked myself into being more surprised than I was initially. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that that it went this way. I don't again don't Can't. know how huge of an impact it'll make, but for who's on the team, a little bit surprised here. Well, this is what uh, Bearhalter said to Football Americas about it, about the Pepe omission, which kind of contradicts what you were saying, Andrew. We weren't comparing Hadji to Ricardo Pepe. We were comparing Hadji to Jordan Peefock, more physical. We wanted one profile to be a physical presence. With Pepe, we were comparing him more to uh, Jesus Ferreira. Well, then Pepe never had a chance. And Ferreira was always making this team. He's going to start for this team against Wales. Yeah. Uh, so, so it seems wow, to that's me a, that's do, very interesting. Do you know what's interesting too is how Bearhalter Bearhalter talked about about Sargent, and he said, "Oh, this is a guy you know. A lot of uh, Sargent's played in the Premier League. He's also played in the Championship, and obviously England and Wales in particular have a you know Wales have a lot of Championship players. So he's kind of looking at a kind of a horses for courses. So then maybe." Maybe you could say that the inclusion of Hadji Wright is because he wants that something different off the bench, which we we weren't sure he wanted that at all. Remember, he talked about um, verticality. His big thing about PFOC, we don't get verticality out of him. Um, I felt that PFOC wouldn't press and move in the way that Bearhalter wanted, although I did see some stats that, say that's not the case. Now, PFOC's form fell off a cliff the last eight to 10 games, which made it easier for Greg not to include him. But I never felt he was ever including him. But I never felt he was including Hadji Wright either. Um, So, like, the comparison between the two, if indeed that is what Greg really was doing, was, well, it's ha- it's that physical presence, that, that comparison. Uh, I would say an American Kiefer Moore <laughs> which which okay. is the way I see it. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad. Um, so so this is the comparison. Uh, matches played. Now I'm just doing the league here. So Hadji Wright is 12 for Antillespor. Uh, Jordan Pifak 12 for Union Berlin. Um, goals nine goals for Hadji Wright, three for Jordan Pifak, and quite a distance between the last one. 
Uh, PFOC does have four assists. Um, their goals scored per 90 minutes, 0.77 for Hadji Wright, 0.32 for Jordan PFOC. So I guess he just looked at that and said, I want a physical presence, the guy in the best form, regardless of the fact that I haven't really been keen on him. I mean, you talked about that quote from the El Salvador game. Andrew, he said, it's always difficult when players get a chance and they don't capitalize on it. I mean, right there, you you probably thought that was the end, right? Yeah, it's difficult for the coaches and it's difficult for teammates. We thought he could be a force, but it just wasn't his night tonight. I thought that was it. And then he didn't feature in the next round. Like, he wasn't in the September camp, right? So, I, I, I mean... You got to give credit to Greg in one respect in the sense that he is allowing his opinion of a player to be changed by new information and by uh, by a run of form. He isn't as maybe as dogmatic as we thought he would be. But on the other hand, I just, this was out of the blue for me. It annoyed Alexi Lalas too. I think, I think that the Pepe camp would be particularly annoyed because of the contribution of Pepe throughout the World Cup qualifying. I mean, he had three goals in World Cup qualifying. Yeah, I, um... although although I do look back on it and say, I mean, remember, we can't be, we we that would be a little bit disingenuous for us to say stuff like that because we said all along, um, you know, all these different guys are getting chances. You can go all the way back, take it all the way back to when it was Daryl DK getting chances. You know, it, DK, Ferreira, Pepe, Pifak, when Wright got his chance, we, Sergeant, we said all along, none of these guys were necessarily doing anything that they were slamming the door shut on the debate of who's going to be that striker. You know, so Pepe, yeah, he did have three goals, but what, two were in one game? Like over the, you know, over the body of qualifying, there were, there were a lot of games where he kind of went missing. Um, so, like n- none of these guys did enough to the point where I could say, you know, that they, they should be entirely stunned whether they're included or not included. Uh, Cause the opportunities they were given, you know, not all of them took it and made the decision easy for Greg. I think the streak of form that, that Pepe got at Groningen, albeit not always against top class opposition. A few of the goals came against uh, in, in the, um, in the Dutch cup against a lower ranked team, but, I think that streak would have put him in the mind that he he was going to make it, and um, and he didn't. Yeah, because little did he know he was being compared to Jesus Ferreira, who was always making this team. I mean, I, I that was that was a, a doubt in no one's mind. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, there are uh, Ricardo Pepe's so young. Like, I do believe there's a World Cup in his future, but. Who knows, man? Like, there's going to be a lot of new names that emerge for the U.S. Over, like, we can see the pipeline, and like, there's there's going to be other guys. It's so, you know, it's easy to say, oh, he'll get his chance. You don't know. I don't want to be Johnny contradicts you again, though. But like, I know it was clear in your mind with with Jesus Ferreira, but there there was a maybe I spent too much time on Twitter, but there was a cohort of usement soccer on Twitter that saw some of his misses in those friendly games. And were concerned that, uh, you know, they were not concerned. They, they they didn't think he was the answer at the number nine position. By the way, that, that may be true. I have my own concerns about that. I'm just saying when a guy starts so frequently, like you have to you have to start to kind of just believe what you see and think, well, OK, like this is this is who they're going with, um, you know, much like Aaron Long, you know, like. Yeah, I've got I got a lot of concerns about Aaron Long. I've I've verbalized many of them, but 
there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to be on this team. Like you just have to, your eyes and brain tell you something at a certain point when you see it over and over again. So yeah, I get what you're saying, but he was, he was always making this team. Um, Okay. So, you know, other guys who are irate to be missing out on this. I don't know. I feel like we, we probably touched on most of the the key ones there. Um, Yeah. Do you, um, do you, I just just a quick one. Do you think that considering his form for Royal Antwerp, um, how key a party is in things, and that he had been in and around the squad a few times, that Sam Vines might have thought, well, he got hurt. Yeah, I mean, he an injury took him out. He he would be on this team. I I really believe that. But do you think so? Yeah, I, I think an in, the injury that he suffered this week was the undoing for him. Um, so yeah, I think I, I feel bad for him. I think he's, he's one of the injury casualties for the U S him, miles Robinson in the end though. Oh, Oh, sorry. That's my bad. I did not realize it's going to require surgery. Yeah. Ah, my bad. Okay. Well then that's different. Yeah. So injury injuries knocked him out. Um, overall though, I mean, I would say like for, you know what, I'm, I'm going to say something now. I don't even, I'm almost afraid to even say it. Everyone's going to be cursing me. Everyone knock on wood together right now because there is still there is still a game left to be played. But as we sit here right now, um you know, obviously Miles Robinson would disagree with me, Sam Vines would disagree with me. Um but like we were we were super worried about the impact that injuries could have on this team. And in the end, here we are. They're they're pretty healthy. They're pretty healthy. I think we should be. Yeah. I think it, it could have been a lot worse. You know, guys like Polisic who have dealt with muscle injuries, Gio Reyna, who's dealt with muscle injuries. You know, Tim Weah was injured early in the year. Anthony Robinson was injured early in the year. Uh, McKinney just suffered an injury. But it seems like they're all fine now when it's going to matter the most. And so, you know, again, duh, there's one game left. I hope I'm not oh. ruining these words, but I have to give you my opinion now. Like I can't just stifle my thoughts because I'm afraid of like being superstitious. Uh, I- I'm just saying like, as this roster was unveiled and you're seeing the names there, you're like, you know what? This is with a couple exceptions. This is pretty much the team that we were hoping to see. Right. Um, I-, I agree with you to an extent, but I-, I would caution you that we are going into the, into the world cup with a couple of guys on the, on the injury front that are, we, we we still have concerns about our, our number one goalkeeper. I mean, we have. I think he's. I think he's fine. W- the reassurances we, okay, Doctor Gundling, the reassurances we've got on Luca Della Torre are definitely heartening. That that he's like back up to like ninety seven percent, and that he's training, and that he'll be okay. That's good, definitely. McKenney's had a relatively long layoff, or reasonably long layoff. I just, yeah, you're probably right. I think if they were maybe. brought, I don't think Greg would, t- especially, I mean, look, I love Luca De La Torre and I'm really, really happy that he recovered in time to make this team. Cause I think he, I've seen the quality that he has and, and I believe that guy's a, a real good player, but like if, if, if it was close, do you think they're taking a risk with some of the guys who were left off this team that probably could have been on it or probably good enough to have been on it? If Luca De La Torre was at 50%, like I, I have to trust that if he's there, it's because they know okay he's good to go. If we need him to come on as a sub, you know, and, and give him thirty minutes, like he we're good. We that guy is good to do it. 
the thing that's counting against Luca Della Torre, injury or not, is that he's played like seven minutes. Well, yeah, that's that's, that's the big story. thing. I mean, you you can't get those those match minutes back into you. It's very very hard. No amount of training does it. So that that's the biggest disadvantage he's playing off. But I think you know what, <laughs> we have other areas to talk about. So I will concede to you that yes, on the injury front, it could have been a lot worse. Now, again, I. Greg said it tonight. They will be managing the minutes of of Gio Reyna in training and 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 otherwise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just thinking about G- Gio Reyna today, Andrew. He's our most naturally talented on the ball player. Yeah, agreed. We we need to wrap him in in cotton wool, some kind of a hyperbaric chamber, just protect him like a, like a little bird that's flown into a window and is stunned. I mean, sure. I'll say this, JJ, like when I saw Chelsea's lineup against Man City in the Carabao Cup, like out loud, audibly, as I'm reading through, oh, okay, <laughs> Pulisic, F! <laughs> like I did not, like don't, not now, don't play him now. Like I've been begging for him to be playing week in, week out for years, but not now. I, I yelled F out loud when I saw that he was. And you won't, you won't actually say the word, will you? No, no, JJ, no. not because I'm not like you. We've spent eight and a half years conditioning people that this is a podcast that's that's okay to listen to with kids in the car. And then what do you do last week? Oh, F, 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 F this and that and this and that and that other thing. F, F, F. And I feel bad now because there was a guy on Reddit saying, I'm going to, he's still going to listen to the podcast, but he said he's not going to do it with his kids. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. I, I, and I said this to you last week. Because weird you, Uncle JJ won't stop cursing. But you, you had to. You completely ignored me. You're cursing like a sailor. I got to put the. Ex, I got to put it, the explicit rating on the podcast now. You didn't have to, but there was. Of course, was I did. One F, there was one F and one S in an hour and twenty minutes. There was no need for it. You, you were. You, who are you? The FCC, Andy? Are you out of your mind? You don't understand anything, do you? Oh my God! All right. Anyway. Um, I wanted to ask you, JJ, with this squad that Bearhalter put out there, I felt like there were, you know, we've talked about who made it, didn't make it, stuff like that. And I'm wondering about the, if you look at some of his decisions and, and see any risks there, because I look at the fullback position and <laughs> I see, I see an awful lot right of right backs, backs everywhere. I see right backs, right backs, right backs everywhere, but not a drop to drink. And then I see all <laughs> poor old Anthony Robinson on the other side, all lonesome and by himself. And this, I'll say this about it. It, I, I feel not that I needed to feel vindicated. It's not like people were ever telling me I was wrong, but I feel vindicated in that my opinion was dead on correct. All those times that I said Anthony Robinson is sneakily the most important player on this team because there is no one who does what he does at that position. You lose him, good luck. All right, there's other now, guys up front who might be better than him that you could like. Like Brendan Aronson's probably not starting on this team. You know, so like there's guys who could who who could be out red carded, whatever. And like Aronson will come in and you may not see the difference. You lose Anthony Robinson. Now what? So they're there. They are. But if you lose a right back, if Serginio Des gets red carded, all right, take your pick. Who, who do you want next? Now, I should say to you that Scali can play left back. Yeah, he but has. he's a natural no, right back. I know. I know. But uh, heaven forbid I suggest this because. I was part of the crew that said probably the end of Tim Ream playing for the U.S. men's national team well over a year ago when he ended up at left back. 
Uh-huh. Remember, Greg played him out in the left and he got absolutely toasted by some... But it's clearly not the position he should be in. No, that would, that but, would be uh, but, uh, the ultimate, like, break glass in case of emergency and after you've already broken several other pieces of glass. <laughs> yeah, but I, I definitely think Greg is approaching this and thinking... Um, you know that meme? Have you ever seen that meme? I think it's from like some kind of, uh, is it Japanese anime or something where there's a guy with glasses and he's holding his hand out and there's a butterfly and you just write whatever you want. And he says, is this a left back? <laughs> I think I think that's kind of Greg's approach to this. He sees a full back and he's like, ah, a left back. <laughs> so um, he's confident that there's guys that can fill in in a pinch but uh, yeah, I do. Um, I do share your concern a little bit there. Yeah, and I mean, look, they were there was always kind of like a dearth of left backs. So like, I don't really. I mean, I guess I could sit here and try to think hard about what he could have done to provide himself with some cover at that position. But I don't know. I just saw like, like maybe it's not that, like maybe it's not that we needed another left back. Maybe, like, did we need four right backs at the expense of maybe also bringing Ricardo Pepe or, like, also bringing Paul Ariel? Like, maybe it's another position where you could have brought yourself another piece of cover rather than a fourth right back that's never seen the field. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you. It seems, on the face of it, a little bit unbalanced. But isn't it funny, though, JJ? Like, another thing, as the roster was being unveiled, like, all of the the qualifiers that we watched, like whatever meaning we thought we were drawing from them with like certain performances and like, Oh, that was, that was important for him. He's, he might have a leg up on making the squad. Now, how much of it, like how much of that is just utter nonsense that like in the end, here we are and Haji Wright and Joe Scally are on the team, like guys who saw like very little time in qualifying and the, and like they made the team anyway. So it's just kind of funny but to me. They made the squad. We know me and you can name a team. We kind of, I think, from uh, goalkeeper back four, midfield three, and probably one of the attack. There's two probably deci- decisions to be made up front. But we know, we know what that team's going to look like every when everyone's fully fit for the first game against Wales. Or I, at least I, unless Greg has. Maybe he goes Kiefer Moore for Kiefer Moore and Hadji Wright starts. We'll go through at the end of this pod. We'll we'll lay out what we, I guess, think our 11 is going to be. But along those lines of guys like Scally and Wright making the team, you know what I was thinking? Because like Bearhalter, win or lose, like he's got haters till the end. Like they'll, they'll just never stop. But as this team was being unveiled, I was kind of thinking like it's, a lot of the guys that the haters – get on him for are here now so like so then what like joe scally is probably been like the clarion call for the bearhalter haters over the course of the last year they've been he's, killing he's, him for not including scally well guess what you got been, your guy so now what he's been their cause celebra yeah haji right too another one you know so like tim ream you know bearhalter like I almost wonder if this was just a great troll job by Bearhalter, where he just sucked in all the haters and then, boom, here's everything you wanted. Now what? Now what are you going to say? Now, in the end, PFOC he didn't include. I think, you know, the haters can cling to that, especially when you see, like, you know, I feel bad saying it because I like the guy, but, like, a Jordan Morris gets included and PFOC and Pepe don't. 
and PFOC and Pepe are, are guys that the haters would cling to. So, you know, there are still there are still some of those things in there. But I just found it interesting, especially with Joe Scally. When I saw him, I was like, oh, that's a, the, the haters just took a haymaker to the chin <laughs> with that one. What are you going to say now? Um, yeah. Just just found it interesting. That's all. But I, I think the you know I think it's a good decision. I don't think Berhalter just did it to shut people up. Like I think I think I'm glad Scally's there. Um, he he should be playing regularly in the Bundesliga. Young player who I think this is a valuable experience for him. Just uh, yeah, just an interesting observation. I thought. Um, all right, so let's now look at the uh, the exercise that we've done oh so many times before. I guess now JJ. I'm going to ask these questions now for really the last time until we get to the next qualifying cycle for the U.S. Strengths and weaknesses. You look at this lineup. Let's start with, uh, I guess let's start with the good. What do you see as this team's biggest strengths? I think it's the the youthful verve in attack and also the, the midfield. I guess those two units really when they function correctly and when Yunus Musa is in that midfield, um, things start to come together. So I really like the attack, uh, the attacking players that we have. Like Wea is, I mean, a player that probably doesn't get talked about enough, but maybe that's because of the club he's at and the league he's at. Um, I think he's fantastic when he pulls on the, the U.S. colors. Um, Christian Pulisic, obviously, we've talked about him ad nauseum. But like Brendan Aronson, uh, Reyna, just technical players, really lively players. And in the case of Aronson, you talked about organized chaos, a guy who can press and has so much energy and gives gives absolute conniptions to other defenders. I, I mean, those are all youthful, dangerous players. And it's absolutely brilliant to see. And then in the midfield, you've got someone like Tyler Adams who can just mix it up, chase people down, win tackles, get the ball moving forward. And Musa, who is... So good driving forward with, with the ball, and and such a such a clever, intelligent player as well, um, and such energy too. And then I I think when they are functioning, um, when they can really get forward and kind of pin their ears back, when you've got Dest, who is just like this, this he's the epitome in many ways of the modern fullback, in that he can. I mean, his defensive side of the game is probably not as strongest, but he offers you so much going forward down the flanks. Anthony Robinson, too. Those are those are the real strengths for me. So for me, uh, you I mean, you listed a lot of them there, which is which is good. I want there to be a lot of strengths on this team. And you 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 rattled off a bunch. That's a good sign. Uh to be specific with it, I would agree with the last bit that you said there. Um Adams and Musa, I think, is where it starts for me, especially with the form specifically that Tyler Adams is in. He's just been he's just been everything that Leeds would have wanted him to be uh, that American fans seeing him come over to the Premier League. Not sure how's he going to fit in. It's just gone. It's gone great. Like it's really and I just the reason I look at those two guys now, I don't know exactly how Greg's going to play it, if we're going to have a 4-3-3, if they're going to go with that double pivot, 4-2-3-1. Um, I'm imagining a 4-3-3 just for simplicity's sake. Okay. I kind of like the idea of two there because here's the deal with this team. Now, everything you said there is right about Pulisic, Aronson, Weah. Like, those guys, like, 
I, I do feel very good about the players. I'm, and that's not even mentioning Reyna, McKinney. Like, there's five guys up front that I feel good about. But that's been the case through all of qualifying. And what would we say about this team, JJ? They don't score tons of goals. Like, that's just, for whatever reason, that's not a thing that's happening. And then I look mm. at the back, and we'll get to weaknesses in a sec. Then I look at the back, and I see a center back pairing that makes me a little bit nervous. So if we're not scoring a ton of goals up front, which maybe that'll change, but up to this point, that's kind of who they are. And we don't feel amazing about what's at the back. I think that like having a, a defensive shield for that back line of Adams and, you know, Musa is probably more attack minded, but like if, you know, he can still play that role. I just think having Adams specifically is in this form is massively important. Uh, and the fact that we have a player at that position that we feel really good about, God, I think that that is that is just priceless to have. So yeah, I, I look at those two guys and I, I just think, whew, all right, like that, that's a that's a really good area of the field in a World Cup to be feeling good about. And then the other thing for me with what I'm kind of saying here up front is depth. Like JJ between between Pulisic, Reyna, McKinney, Weya, and Aronson. I mean two of those guys won't start, right? Most likely. That's like, good luck picking that. Yeah. So like, that's a, I mean, now it's a challenge because you want to get it right. Uh, you don't, you know, that's not an easy thing for Bearhalter to select, like figure out which matchup works. Like you don't want to get the wrong selections, but like this idea that, you know, Reyna and Aronson in a 1-1 game can pop off the bench in the 70th minute and it's like oh my god you know like i wouldn't i wouldn't be excited about that if i were the opposition um so i think that's you know that's a, a strength that has really developed over time as well especially with aronson you know the the moves that he made from the union going over to, to europe we thought his trajectory was was positive but we needed to see it happen well it it did in a huge way probably a bigger way than any of us could have expected the fact that he's been listed as a midfielder um, by by Greg, do you what what do you read into that? If you read anything into it, does that mean that we're going to play? We're not going to play four three three. We're going to play more of a a four two three one. Um, or or what do you what do you think of that? I don't know. I mean, like, is he suddenly like if it's a if they are in a four three three? Like I still think it's Polisic on the left, Ferreira probably in the middle, and Wea on the right. Yeah. But I guess, and like, and then the three behind. I mean, if you're saying okay, well, he's a midfielder now. Well, is he starting above that triumvirate of McKinney, Adams, and Musa? Right now, no, I'd say probably you, not. But if you were to reconfigure it. And you were play. You were to have two um, at the base of the midfield. That's and then, Adams and Musa, uh, right? And play three ahead, which is probably Polisic on the left, McKinney in the middle, and I guess either Weya or Aronson maybe on the right. I still yeah. think it's Ferreira up top. Um, you see, I, I I'm beginning to to think with Greg that he is going to definitely be more of a horses for courses guy rather than say a lot of managers who set out their stall. This is the way we play. This is what we do. And we don't change. 
I think he's going to, there's going to be tweaks in this. And I wonder about Sargent and how Sargent's going to fit in into this as well. And that's why I'm loath to pick a team. Absolutely loath to do it. Well, here, Which here's, is on the week. Well, before you get the to the weaknesses, though, before you get to that. Here's we one, know. I mean, we know. Well, here's one thing we have to keep in mind, though, as we're trying to list our 11. Um, do you think, in a, like, do you actually, let's say everyone remains healthy and no one gets red cards. You think you're seeing the same the same starting eleven in all three group stage games? I sure don't. No, I don't think so. So I mean, what is it? It's th- I don't three games so. in eight I, days, right? Yeah, I I think you could see like I feel like you'll see Aronson from the start against England. Yeah, I could see that too. Um, and I, th- but I think I think you'll see Sargent from the start against Wales. Hmm. Instead of Ferreira, as, that, as yeah, as, the, as as a as a central player, because I mean, just because Greg kind of showed his hand a bit, I, I think he he said, you know, the Welsh have lots of championship players. Sargent is well used to that kind of physicality, that kind of league, um, that kind of play. I don't know. I mean, it's very it's very hard to. I I, I do feel we are going to see more of a. I was going to say a Swiss Army knife, Greg, but I think a more a more flexible Greg. I think. Yeah, I think you could very well be right. That that could be true. Um, now, in terms of weaknesses, um, we know them. So, I'm going to read this from. Uh, I saw this tweet from uh, Nick Zaccardi. He says Tim Ream, a 35 year old defender, is the second player in modern U.S. men's soccer history, so post-1950, to be on the World Cup team, having not played for the national team in the year preceding the World Cup. The other, Jurgen Sommer, an unused third goalie in 1994. That stat comes via uh, at AFS 11v11. The reason I bring this up under weaknesses is because, like, yeah, Reem is the guy that I was, I've been saying for a long time needs to be on this team. But, like, it's worrying, JJ, that we're at a place at central defense where we feel like we need a 35-year-old defender that hasn't been with this team in over a year. <laughs> like, But hang on. You know? You think, he's, you think he's coming in to start? So, I mean, if, if we're going to do our big reveal here of any surprises that we may have, may have had for our starting 11s, I will say that if I were making my starting 11 right now, there is no chance... No chance for me personally that I am comfortable starting Aaron Long over Tim Ream. Tim Ream is in that starting eleven for me. Even though Tim Ream may not have a great or as as great a season as he's having, he doesn't have that great of a playing relationship with Walker Zimmerman, does he? I don't what, think what, so. what did I just say? Did I sound <laughs> wavering or not confident in my you convictions? Are... Tim Ream would be in my starting 11. You don't do what he's doing in a Premier League club. What's the quote that Bearhalter said earlier today that's been circulating? That Pep Guardiola went up to Tim Ream after the Man-, the Man City Fulham game and said, if you were 24 instead of 34, you'd be playing for me right now? Oh, that's Pep Guardiola to a tee. They were so, so good. It was so, so good. Well, any team. Pep, you just beat, you just beat Haven't and Waterlooville 6-0. They were so, so good. So tough. So tough. So, so good. Don't heed that nonsense. Tim Ream. And he, he, Pep is the guy who cannot keep his hands off, especially when he's given a, a you know, he's beaten the team. So then who's he your can't. starting defense? I, I, it's not, it, it, we are, whoa, 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 whoa. We are way past that, my friend. 
We are way past that. What do you mean? There is there is no point. I think the conversation should be, what do you think Greg is going to pick? Like, for me, Walker Zimmerman uh, and... Um, Zimmerman's starting. That's a given. Right. But at, well, look, I, I'll I, say I, this I, about Greg. After not including Stefan on this team, all bets are off as far as I'm concerned. I would include I would I would I would tend to want to start Tim Ream as well because I just think he's a better player than Aaron Long. Um but I don't see that happening at all. I think I think that the the form of of Tim Ream but also the fact that Chris Richards is is, is injured can't play isn't an option um has propelled Ream into this into the squad but I don't believe he starts. I think I think Greg is still Still pretty wedded to the Zim Long axis. We'll see. Um, I mean, if that's the case, and you very well might be right, then yeah, it's it's going to be an area that I that I worry about. Just uh, I will lay awake at night and I will be worried. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I'll tell you what. Before we get out, uh, I believe. Um, I believe we have a pretty hefty mailbag oh, it, for this it, one. It's a good mailbag. Uh, the listeners, the Twitterati, the follow at CO Soccer Pod and Caught Offside Pod, they have been active tonight. It's a night for for US MNT Twitter activity. Let's begin with yeah. Ian. I, I have looked at none of these. I don't know any of <laughs> Let's them. Let's begin with Ian Levine. Um, some of these we can we we've we've talked about, um, but some we have not. Ian Levine is Stefan a snub? Or an injury omission, I would say. Mm-hmm. I would say neither. It's a snub. Well, a, a snub would mean it's not injury. Not an injury. Uh, he's just being left out. Simple as that. They feel that there's better options. Um, who's more disappointed at being left out, Tillman or Pfock? Does anyone contradict themselves more than Triple G? Um, I mean, you can call them contradictions or you can say, like I said earlier, a man who's willing to change his mind based on new information slash injuries. Um, for the Tillman or, or PFOC thing, Tillman was on a, Malik Tillman was on a great run with Glasgow Rangers uh, earlier on. That has trailed off. Um, and I don't think it's helped by the, the, the hammerings they've taken to uh, in the Champions League. But he's not really in great form, and I I don't think he was a, a high consideration. And as for Pfock, I don't think I think Pfock knew the writing was on the wall um, when he wasn't included in the September squad. And Bearhalter said, "We're pretty confident. We know Jordan's profile, and we know what he can do. And we didn't feel like we needed to see him in this camp to determine whether he could be in the World Cup roster or not. The decisions aren't easy decisions, and I understand that Jordan should be in consideration. He was, was." In the end, we decided to go with these three strikers to evaluate them. I think the writing was on the wall. I don't think PFOC was under any illusions he was in that squad or was going to be close. I think you're right. I really do think that. Um, yeah. Lee Sterling. Here's one for you, Andrew. Uh, when will fans realize that A, Roldan is a good locker room guy who doesn't pout when he doesn't play, B, is an emergency right wing, attacking mid and right back, and C, has a winning pedigree? Um, so here's what I would say to that. Look, I'm I'm not disappointed that he's on this team. Uh, I I like Christian Roldan. I think, I think most people do realize the things that were included in his description there. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not 
those things warrant being included on a World Cup team. Like the good locker room guy. Like that's that is good. Does everyone like but are we in unanimous agreement that like a good vibes guy is enough of a reason to be included on in a 26 man World Cup squad? Nope. Now, that is reductive to say cuz Roldan is more than just a good vibes guy. Like he is also a good player, but talent for talent, I don't know that you know that there are I don't know that he's necessarily better than maybe a player that was left off of this team. Um, but I mean, I'm not, some people will, some people will see his inclusion and use it as a reason to yell and scream and, and be upset. I can't, I'm, I can't fake that. Like I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't move me to want to do that. I'm fine with him being on the team. Okay. Um, Steven Braddocken. But I guess I'm curious for your answer to that, though. Like, how much how much does good vibes play a role in making a team? Well, like you hear players say all the time that it's it's a massive thing to have a guy in a squad when you're away for however long you are. That it that is exactly the good vibes guy, and that people like and get on with. However, mm. not every manager is going to pick a guy based on on those criteria. Although you could have look at you could look at some teams from the past and say they could have done with some characters in there to. To, to calm things down. I'm thinking of Dutch squads and French squads of the past, which had yeah, the Anelka France, the Anelka France. They yeah. had too many characters of the wrong ilk. Um, it, it, it would have appeared. Um, but again, Roldan is not just that he's not just like the court jester who's there for like the team's amusement as they go play. Like he's also a good player. Um, so yeah, Stephen Braddocken at uh, Roldan over Tillman or better yet, Mihailovic is almost criminal. I, I will say I, 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 I'd love to know on Greg's Charlie Day chart on the wall from Always Sunny where everything is just like linked together with like string, where on that chart Giorgi Mihailovic would have been. Yeah. Um, and and Mihailovic, he has known for quite some time that he was not making this team. So he was not he was not a final cut. Like he was in like the last round of cuts. Um, yeah. I mean, he had a brilliant season. He's going to go play in Europe. I don't know. It's, he doesn't have like, I, I guess Roldan being so like he, Roldan has, you know, history with the, the team, maybe in a little bit more of a way that Mihalovic doesn't, although Mihalovic does have caps, um. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't give. I feel bad. I'm not Bearhalter. Like that, I, I, it's hard for me to give clear answers here as to why one over the other. Why Mihalovic wasn't even really. I mean, he wasn't like. He wasn't really close. No. It seems like to making it. No. Um, That's why I said the so, Charlie Day chart. The. The piece of string may have been further out from the core center. Yeah. Um, Fighting Ewok. Tim Ream. Coach realized the high line won't work anyway against top competition. <laughs> Smart to bring this leadership and talent for the way we will have to play to go far. So Fighting Ewok sees us camping in, um, taking a pummeling, and then trying to catch teams on the break. I Whatever it takes. Well, I don't see that happening against either uh, Iran or Wales. I just don't. 
So maybe maybe against England. Maybe I don't I don't see that again. I mean we're gonna we're gonna try and be front foot against Wales and against Iran. Um, Jack Freeman, how much did Stefan's move from City affect his exclusion from the roster? More reps, yes, but also more exposure when he doesn't play well. Well, I think to be fair to him, he started. Middlesbrough fans weren't entirely convinced. He was injured. A replacement came in that did well. Then there was the rumors about the contract from City that he he was contractually obliged that when he was fit, Borough had to play, um, had to start Stefan, and then then he came back in and I think he's done okay since he's been reinstalled as the number one. So I'm not sure there's been like a plethora of errors that has you know and that he's somehow exposed. I mean, and and also after you do what he did in an FA Cup semi final, where you're tackled into the net by Sadio Mane, I mean. That's that's the exposure. So I I, I I don't think that had anything to do with it. What what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't really either. I don't think that his time at Burrow hurt his chances necessarily. I just think I mean look, Greg in the quote where Greg talks about Stefan not making the team, what what's the time frame that he used there, JJ? A year and a half? Like this was not just yeah. about, you know, if if this was about just Burrow, like I do think Greg is political in his words. Like you said, he's very careful. But I think if this was about current form or this season, I think he would have narrowed that window down a little bit more to say something to the effect of, you know, we've seen Zach getting greater opportunities, but we're just not quite seeing the the level we've wanted to play so far this season. But like he spaced it out over a year and a half time frame. Um, And during that time, we've called out some Zach Steffen performances that we thought were not necessarily representative of a number one keeper for a world cup team. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I would look at just him going to burrow as thing, something that hurt his chances. I think that, I think there's a larger body of work here at play both for the U S and you know, you don't want to get caught up on one moment, but like, yeah, you're right. Like a big game like that first, I wonder if Greg thinks like, you know, these are, these games are going to be like that. Like, can can we trust him in these like in a pressure cooker of a big world cup moment on that stage i, I don't know Ev- like evidently they can't like they they made their decision the fact that he's not even on the mm. team so yeah uh, blair beck guys in your opinion what inclusions or exclusions from the squad might have been based on recent form would love to know your thoughts i mean recent form has de- we've gone through a lot of yeah that. we have gone through that um i do i mean tim ream for sure and um and Jordan P. Fox exclusion is it's 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 handy for Greg to just say, well, you know what, he hasn't been playing well. Um, yeah. Again, but again, though, I think that that was a decision that was made before. Like like you said, P. Fox wasn't in the last camp. I really I, wasn't with the last. Honestly, team. guys, P. Fox. I think P. Fox goose was cooked long before um, the last. For reasons that will kind of always remain murky to me. Yeah. Maybe in the fullness of time, we'll we'll discover. Uh, Tanner Lefebvre. This is more of a statement than a question. I don't get Triple G. Reem was shut out for months. Now he's in. Wright was, I feel harshly, critiqued after his only late limited call-up. He's in. Pepe gets repeated ch- chances regardless of form. Out. Pfock gets no chances regardless of form. Out. Stefan, out. Morris, uh, better than Ariola? Question mark. What's going on? Um... Yeah, there's. I think we've gone through a lot of that already, but that is um, 
that's a nicely condensed for those people who are <laughs> have been left confounded by the selections and that's a nicely condensed way of looking at it um one here's one thing i wanted to ask you jj and, and again i haven't looked at the mailbag so if this is a que- like if a question similar to this is coming up i apologize but so i'm thinking more about the um like jesus ferreira ricardo pepe thing so like that's greg compared those two and I just like, mm. we want our guys to go play in Europe, right? Like that's, you know, I love MLS and I want the league to be great, but ultimately for the national team, we think that if we want our players playing in the best leagues and right now those are in Europe. And like, I just wonder if this sends a message to future players for that, that want to play for the U.S. Like pump the brakes maybe on the European adventure. Like, if Pepe stays in MLS rather than going to Germany, chances are he's banging in goals at the same rate or a better rate than Ferreira. And in that case, I don't know that I see a world where they take Ferreira over Pepe. Forget the fact that they're on the same team and all that. Like, let's pretend that they were like different teams yeah. or something. Like, or if like Ferreira... If Pepe stays in MLS, keeps scoring goals the way he was, Ferreira decides to go to Europe, and like he doesn't, his production is similar to that of what Pepe just did at Augsburg and Groningen. Like, what do you, you think? You can't. Pro- like, I feel like they're probably taking Pepe. You can't. Uh... So I, I, just, I don't know. I wonder if like this this European situation almost serves as a deterrent. I don't think so for- because I don't think players really uh, can live their careers with the kind of sword of Damocles of the national team selection and, oh, maybe it'll go wrong. For 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 your Ricardo Pepe's and, and your other examples that it hasn't quite gone right, I mean, look at Tyler Adams, look at Brendan Aronson. Mm-hmm. Nothing is stopping Paxton Aronson, it seems, from from heading off to the Bundesliga too. I, I don't think that's a concern. Uh, by the way, the breakdown... Yeah, I guess you're right. The breakdown, nine players from the squad are from Major League Soccer, eight are with English clubs, Two each are based in Germany, Italy, and Spain, and one apiece plays in France, Scotland, and Turkey. There's four clubs, JJ, that have multiple players on that club on this U.S. team. Can you name them? Uh, Leeds United. Uh-huh. Um, actually, I'm struggling now. You want yeah, help? Go on. Okay, let me give you hints first. Okay, so you got Leeds. There's one other Premier League team. Oh, well, well there's, Ream, there's Ream and Robinson at Fulham, obviously. Okay, and now there's two MLS teams. Uh, uh, Seattle Sounders. That's right, with Morrison, Roldan. And this is the the last one's the tough one. Um, Go on, tell me. Nashville with Zimmerman and Shaq Moore. Oh, yeah. Yep, so there you, you go. Four four clubs with uh, two-player representation. FC guitar, as I like to call them. Uh, finally, yeah. Will uh, Chezak, is the style of play going to change at all? Greg with an ace up his sleeve with BA listed as a midfielder. Going full leads? It's a good question, Will. Um, I, I think... Like I said, I don't. I when it comes to Wales and Iran, I don't think things are going to change. I think it's going to be front-footed, um, very similar to what we've seen in other games from from the US in, in World Cup qualifying, where they've they've needed to go out and, and, and win the game. The, the question would be: Will there be stylistic changes within 
the game itself. Like if we go two nil up against Wales, how do like what do we do then? Do we keep pouring forward, leaving gaps at the back? I don't know. Mm, probably not. Probably not. Do we do we then go into a different kind of I mean, how will he how will Bearhalter manage those those game states or or, or whatever? So I do think against Wales and, and, and Iran we should see an attacking um team. And I, I don't know what he's gonna do against England where they will you would expect dominate the ball for long periods. Um that may require more of a a reserved and pragmatic approach. But I it's yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a counterattacking football. Yeah, I don't when you talk about style of play changing dramatically, there's there's very little time to implement something something else. So it'll all be a little variation on what we've seen so far, I would I would imagine. And that is the male busy. And this has been our first World Cup podcast for 2022 for the US men's national team. Yes, get in. Come on. Oh, I'm so ready. I'm so damn ready for this tournament. This was this was fun. This was we have we have stepped back into the World Cup. Come tour. on now. Oh boy, oh boy. Thank God. I mean for all of like you know, for all the, the belly aching, justifiable, but like for all the belly aching about, oh, I don't like what time of year it's gonna be and it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Uh, eh, eh. You know what? They're gonna start playing games and we're gonna we're gonna bleep and love it. And I can't wait. Oh, the bleep. Uh, this we is are. only the start. <laughs> this is only this is only the start of what's gonna be a, a really a really fun month plus of of football action. And like I said, we're gonna have a lot of content for you, multiple podcasts over the subscribe course of the week. to our YouTube. Subscribe now. M- Yep, multiple uh, YouTube streams, live streams. That is the hope, right, JJ? You're the one. You're the YouTube master. You're the one telling me that we're going to be doing live stuff on YouTube. Yeah, live stuff. You can't leave me like Garth on Wayne's World, where suddenly he's on his own on the studio set trying to carry the show. You're going to have to turn up, my friend. You have yet to join me on a, on a on a YouTube. Uh, that's true. But I, I joined you on a uh, Twitter Spaces. You did, you did. That was that was nice of you. I, it took you about forty five minutes to get into the actual Twitter space, but you know. And, and why why might that have been? Because I didn't tell you you had to use your phone, not your desktop, not your um, ah, your PC. Okay. So interesting, interesting. So who was really sabotaging whom? <laughs> there was no sabotage. You you just turned into like an old man fiddling with a phone you you were like no i was on my laptop yeah because that's where i have my microphone i wanted maximum quality yeah, i mean you had no idea you were like what is the space how do i get on the space are we actually in space oh it, the world is a frightening place you didn't want just be honest you didn't want me on that twitter spaces you had the whole thing to yourself you wanted me out you boxed me out you didn't tell me how to get in. I had to. I was texting you furiously. I gave you no choice. You finally had to tell me, "Oh, use your phone." Hey, the French squad has dropped. So yeah, earlier. Today. Yeah, but I, I just want you to, uh, I want you to respond with a with a with a Andrew Gundling excitement noise to each of the names I'm about to read. So Nkunku, mm. Mbappe. Mm. Griezmann, mm-hmm. <laughs> Giroud, mm. 
<laughs> Dembele. Hmm. Corman. Hmm. Benzema. Hmm. Hmm. I, I. I'm not doing it. <laughs> That's enough of that. What a team! What an attacking. Uh, that is amazing. Ah. Uh, yeah, and and that's without. Uh, I mean, that's just the attack. No, no Angolo Conte and no Pogba. No Camavinga, and still Fofana, Gendouzi, most... Rabio, Tujumani, Veratu. Wouldn't have bet money on Gwenduzi making this team. <laughs> well, I mean, are you watching League uh, regularly? I mean, I just watched him play against Tottenham. There you go. There you go. Oh, so excited, guys! Tim Vickery dropping Friday morning. 15 minutes of hardcore Brazil talk injected into your brain so you can be set. You can be the guy in the bar that explains to the other guy why Brazil have a new system. And you can go, you can be smug. You can go, oh, oh, you didn't know. Oh, oh, really? Suppose you don't watch football, do you? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Get on it. Subscribe. Yes, World Cup action. I'm just all words now. That's all I've got left. It's just slogans. Yeah, I don't need, It's like you're malfunctioning. It's just like like the JJ robot like he's he's lost its lost its total control of I know, itself. but I mean my uh, my my rhythms are just completely thrown into into flux. Tonight I was watching Carabao Cup action. Kevin Kelleher saving penalties against Derby. The week after next I'll be talking about the world cup and it'll be november not the summer what never ceases to amaze me that his name is pronounced keevan keevan kelleher yeah i just see how it's spelled and i think i, I don't know where we're getting keevan don't sure. don't you start this is a guy who's got this <laughs> obsession with my name right and he's followed us over from espn to the the new rebranded caught off site and is leaving like he doesn't ever reach out to me and say Oh, I'm curious about how your name is 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 pronounced. He accuses me in a four out of five star review on iTunes. This is a level of weird I've never encountered before, and tells me right. that there's more Irish people in Boston than there is in Ireland, and that nobody says Devani that way, that they don't pronounce it that way. <laughs> what a like what a what a psychopath! <laughs> Why does he care oh, so I much? I don't know. I really don't. So he caught co- your, your stupid last name cost us a star, JJ. Just go by Devaney. Come on, I man. Know, but it's not how it's said. If that's what it takes for a fifth star, you change your name. Uh, I can't go down the road to the Mahonies and become the Mahonies. I can't do that. I won't do it. <laughs> I'll do a lot of things for this country, Andrew, but I won't do that. Yes, come on. Soccer. Let's go. We'll be back, uh, I believe, super early Monday morning. You'll see uh, we're going to start to release a, uh, a chain of preview podcasts. So uh, you'll start to see those rolling out, all building up to um, the night before or the morning of the U.S. versus Wales. We'll have a, a U.S.-specific preview podcast out. So that you're going to start to see them rolling out through the course of the week. It's going to be a really fun month and a half of world cup action and we can't wait to do it with all you guys we're going to be doing a lot of mailbag stuff so keep keep all the tweets coming the mail coming to all the animals on reddit you guys have been sensational keep your chains going we'll try to get to as much of it as we can like i said we're going to try to be doing some live stuff on youtube so we can hopefully interact with all of you in real time it's going to be so much fun this was only the beginning this was just the squad release 
All right. And like already we're, we're bursting with excitement. This is going to be great stuff, man. Hey, this was fun to you. I say check it out. Fun boy. I'll see you, man. Take care. You've been listening to the caught offside soccer podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.